Welcome to Recently Logged, where today we're talking about the best Resident Evil movie that doesn't exist. Well, welcome. Welcome. To Recently Logged. <laughs> to Recently Logged. We've been up for like five hours. <laughs> five hours? That's not very long. <laughs> yeah, but, it, well, given the time, it's a long time. People don't know when we recorded this. People don't know when we... Yeah, we've been up for a while. <laughs> yes, we have been up. We, we've been up... We got up early. <laughs> usually, usually we're like dead tired, and now we're like in a weird state of fully awake. But also time. We got up early so we could rewatch the movie we're talking about today Which, before we recorded. What are we talking about today, Robbie? Today we're talking about the latest film from director, writer, producer, filmmaker James Wan. I feel like most of those could be encompassed in just filmmaker. Well, that's probably true. But still, uh, uh, Malignant. Malignant. Yes. Uh, streaming on... HBO, HBO, and I think Max, it's and I think actually, it's in, and I think it's in theaters. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not keeping up with the theaters at the moment. Yeah, it's in theaters because I don't have money, <laughs> <laughs> which is why this podcast has to be a success. Hey, we make we make mountains of money. That's the only reason we do this. I mean, we make what like 17 cents an episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if even. I mean, <laughs> that's split split two ways. <laughs> That's quite a bit, you know what I'm saying? It's, it pays more than my job. We can't even afford a movie. The entire profits of this entire... And it's Went not even renting one movie. I was about to say, the entire profits of this show are not even enough to buy one movie ticket. No, we used we used the profits to buy... Oh, wait, a movie ticket. We rented a movie one time. We rented a movie. No, I never, I never got reimbursed for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but anyway, I, I would have just rented the movie anyway. Anyway, anyway, today we're talking about *Malignant*. *Malignant*. Um, we're recently logged. I'm Micah. That's Robbie. I'm Robbie. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, uh, but they, we... they got to hear it for, through my voice, Micah. That's the only defining trait you have in a podcast that's is your true. voice. They have Dude, to hear your voice. Next thing you know, we're gonna set up a little camera here, and that's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of, it's gonna be one of those podcasts where we're also on camera. Why not just make like a, a video? Because <laughs> it's a podcast. No, it's not. Then it's just a video. YouTube you guys talking. YouTube's algorithm supports longer <laughs> videos. Let's make an eleven-hour podcast episode. Let's do it. Uh, anyway, do we want to hop right into yeah malignant? Let's let's go over what the people need to know before we just start talking about it. Though, the the peoples. The many people, our many listeners, estimated audience of like four or something. We, the people <laughs> who listen to recently. <laughs> uh, shout out to you, I guess. Yeah, shout out to all of you. Here, here's everything you need to know about uh, Malignant. Everything. <laughs> brought to you by IMDb. Well, we're not actually sponsored by IMDb, but technically these facts are brought to you by IMDb. Wow. <laughs> uh, Alright, so this week we are talking about Malignant. It is a 2021 Malignant. film. Yes. yes. <laughs> 2021 <laughs> film. It's rated wow. R. It's an hour and 51 minutes. Yes, it is. It's a little IMDb description is, Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities which is is bum, not bum, is not the bum. plot of the movie <laughs> no not really it's kind of a poor description but you know whatever uh the cast features annabelle wallace nice. maddie hassan maybe hassan hassan I george know. young uh Nicole brianna white cool name um what else do we have we got jean L louisa kelly yes and yeah, that's the main cast. <laughs> wow. Uh, directed by James Wan. <laughs> also the Lightning Thief guys in here. Oh yeah, the the Lightning Thief guy. Not not Percy Jackson granted. Uh and spoilers for Percy Jackson, I guess. But I don't remember his name, but the guy who played in the movie who actually stole the lightning. <laughs> Got him. Uh it was written by James Wan, uh Ingrid Bisou, maybe? I'm guessing. And <laughs> and man <laughs> give it a, give it a go Ruby. uh akila cooper yeah i was gonna go with something like akila maybe wait, wait, why not just go with that because i don't know wow uh yeah that's that's the movie though 
That's the movie. That's the whole it has, movie. It hasn't had a chance to win any awards. It came out like a week ago. <laughs> it's a horror movie. It is a horror movie. Because we're, we're, we're approaching spooky season. If you think about it, spooky season's already begun. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that depends where you qualify spooky season yeah. as. Um, I, I usually just like narrow it down to just October. Yeah, because our mom was like, no, it's just October. And I'm like, you know what? I think spooky season can start the Year moment. Around. <laughs> the moment you can you can feel the fall air, which wow. we can feel the fall air already. That is true. It's not fall yet, but we can feel it. Mike, have you you've revealed our global location now? <laughs> <laughs> Luke's Luke's out here. Wait, there's season. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, those are those are the basic facts of the movie. Do yes, we want to get into our opening thoughts? Let's do it, Micah. <laughs> no. So, Micah. Yes. What did you think of uh, of um, M- Malignant? What did I think of Malignant? Yeah, what did, <laughs> well, Robbie. What did you think? I'll have you know that I have not been a big fan of any other James Wan film I've seen so far. Not even Aquaman? Granted, gra- no. And granted, I have only seen Aquaman <laughs> and Insidious of his work. I have not seen Saw, Conjuring... It, I mean, I don't feel like you have to list all the other movies. Well, no, but that's what he's well known for. It's yeah. like this, like Saw and The Conjuring. Uh, so I didn't know how I'd feel. I didn't think I would like it. But uh, I had heard a lot of good things about it. I'd heard it was kind of crazy in the third act. And, Just kind of crazy. <laughs> and it ended up being really fun. It wasn't quite what I expected, and it didn't blow my mind like it was... I bumped the mic. Oh my gosh. Like I was hoping <laughs> it would. Uh, but... It really was, like, like the filmmaking is really fun. It's actually using James Wan's very clear style in a really good way. And the plot is goofy and unique, and they commit to it. And I don't know, like, I have, I have no major complaints about it. It was, it was a lot of fun, even on a rewatch, which I was a little worried about, given its very twist-esque nature. And, uh, yeah, I gave it four stars. Well, there you go. Micah likes James Wan now. <laughs> Not inherently. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and for those who don't know, we did do an episode on Insidious already. Uh, in season one, actually, if you want to go check that out, you can. That's oh, and by, uh, by the way, I just want to say this. After after our little opening thoughts, uh, actually, you just go. <laughs> yeah, just do yours. What, do you, what okay. did you think of the movie? Okay, um... I really enjoyed it. I I didn't really know what to expect when I went into it. Um, I was a bit more of a fan of Insidious than Micah was, which if you've listened to the episode, you know that already. (laughs) Um, But, like, I don't know. This was a a solid horror film, in in my opinion. Uh, I really liked, like, the main antagonizing force of the movie. Um, I think it's got a really interesting reveal. Um, some fun action. Um, I like the way they play up the kind of like uh, procedural side of it. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Fun, fun movie. Yeah, I, I like. I enjoyed it. It's, I it's probably my favorite of the year. It's it's kind of a toss up between no old and this. So um, I will say that yeah, I think I think this movie is just like defined by the fact. That it's just fun to watch through and through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it does a lot, and it does it in very weird ways. <laughs> but like, it never once is just like boring or uninteresting or very melodramatic, which you get from a lot of like insidious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So what were you going to say, Micah? Oh, what I was going to say, if we're done with the segment, yeah. was, uh, like, just from here on out, like, like stop, stop the podcast here if you haven't uh, watched the movie and you want to, because we're probably going to end up spoiling it. <laughs> and with something this new, I just thought I would say that, like, get our opening thoughts out of the way and get our opening opinions so people could hear the description, hear what we thought of the movie in a brief form, and then go watch it for themselves and then come back and listen to the rest. Well, there you go. So yeah, from here on out, we will probably be spoiling a lot. <laughs> yes, uh, but let, let's get into it. Here we go. Alrighty, so um, uh, I guess we're in. We're we're actually going to talk about the movie now, Micah. Whoa! If you can even believe it, I can't believe it. 
<laughs> I realized in the last segment I didn't say my rating. I, I gave this a uh, eight out of ten. So, I, just a fun that's, fun nugget. <laughs> that's a four for people who can't wow. do math. Wow, <laughs> they failed fractions. <laughs> They weren't, Micah, they weren't paying attention when they covered fractions in school. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so, so Micah. Yes. Um, just to kick us off. Kick us off, get us rolling. Uh, what did you, what did you think of the actual, like, uh, monster, quote unquote, of the movie? What did I think? Because this is technically kind of a monster movie. Of, of, of good old G-Man. The G-Man. <laughs> the G-Man. Gabe. <laughs> My boy Gabe. Wow. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually will say that it is one of. It's kind of, kind of the feel I have towards this movie, mm-hmm. where certain elements are just kind of not fully what I would want them to be. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but it is a little underwhelming. And I, and I will say that I think Gabe is kind of part of that for me, because while he is a frightening, like cool reveal, kind of spooky. Antagonist. <laughs> um, there's a lot about his characterization and like just the way he works that I think not not even is just not explained, but is from like a base level kind of bothersome to me. Especially like the super strength and the like cracking her bones backwards to be able to work backwards <laughs> and like just various things that I'm like, how would this work and it also really kind of bothers me that Gabe is just exclusively evil <laughs> like they even like call him like the devil multiple times when he's just like a, <laughs> a poor child who was given up and put through terrible things and now wants to kill everyone <laughs> yes I mean, I don't know. I, it wasn't, like, see all of the problems you just brought up with him? Like, d- they don't bother me very yeah, much. Yeah, no, like I said, these aren't big things. Yeah. But there is actually, like, like, it's just not fully... I feel like Gabe isn't... Gabriel isn't a, like, fully... <laughs> Keep calling him Gabe. Because <laughs> I just want to call him Gabe. <laughs> I feel like he's not, like, a fully fleshed-out character like I want him to be. Okay. Like a fleshed out antagonist. Obviously, they don't have time to make him like this complex character, being that he's like a big reveal thing. Yeah. But he feels like he's played too much like just a, a supernatural creature, which is for the nature Very of the twist. So, yeah. um, and that just kind of pulls me out of getting invested in what he's actually doing. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I really like the kind of like supernatural tone it takes because it makes it feel. Um, like, like he is kind of like a supernatural force, but then like the reveal at the end, you're like, oh my gosh, he's, he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I said, I think, I think it works well. Yeah. Like the supernatural kind of feel works well, especially for getting you into like the quote unquote twist of the movie. Yeah. But, um... I don't know. I don't really consider it to be a twist, really. Like, I guess it is. I said quote unquote. Yeah. It's the reveal. It's not especially a twist. Yes. I, I kind of pieced it together. I mean, me and mom both pieced it together before it got to it. Yeah. And then I said it because I wanted to prove that I knew what they were going to do. And Ruby was like, what? Mikey, you should have just sent like a text or something. What? And, uh, so we had the time code. You shouldn't have spoiled it for me. I didn't spoil it. I can't <laughs> spoil it if I didn't know. I just guessed. But you did spoil it, Mikey. <laughs> you revealed a plot point from later in the movie. And therefore that is a spoiler. But I didn't know that it would be a plot point. <laughs> but yeah, no. What, what about you? What do you think of, of, of my boy Gabe? I just, I don't know. I really like it. Like, as a as a antagonist for the story, I just really, he's just really fun to watch throughout the movie. Yeah. And that's really what I enjoy most about, like, just this movie in general is it's just really, uh, it's just a really fun horror movie to watch. Yeah. I think, I think just to a certain element, like him being quote unquote fun to watch, like it kind of gets into the filmmaking again that i kind of have a little bit of a problem Mm -hmm. with where it just feels kind of incomplete almost like not fully what it could be because um like take the scene that everybody is like always like like in the third act everybody (laughs) is always freaking out about the third act online anyway and uh like when Gabe is slice, dicing, smushing, <laughs> smashing, punching, throwing, and murdering everybody, um, 
which you know is pretty cool he just he comes off as very overpowered to me he's dodging like 45 bullets and shotgun shots and like then when he gets to the actual protagonists of the story he just doesn't kill them he's like ripped apart like a million people and then he gets to them and he's like no i'm gonna take it a little easy Yeah, it's weird that, I mean, like, maybe he wanted them to be, like, uh, to suffer a little before that he just, like, destroys them. I don't know. It just That's my, that would be my reading of that, but I don't know. But why would he care? I don't think he has any personal investment in the police people. Like, he would care about... Well, um, not the police people. I'm yeah, saying, like, the very He would care end. about, like, Sydney. Yeah, exactly. And the mom. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Not the police. I don't know why. I don't know why he didn't just rip apart the two main police officers. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of like all of, all of Gabriel's stuff, even from the beginning opening scenes, all kind of give off this vibe to me personally of a very like unfinished, unpolished story. Yeah. Really. Which I mean, that kind of, um, what am I saying? It kind of wraps around to my main, like, problem I have with the movie is the emotional stakes and core of the film just aren't set up well enough for everything to have the emotional weight that it should. Like, if this was, like, going to be, like, 10 of 10 masterpiece, like, it would need to establish its emotional core and then you could work everything off of that, which yeah. is what the the whole movie is based off of, like, the... um like main characters obviously but like <laughs> the idea of like family and stuff like that um, but it hardly does anything yeah, to really get you to it care do, yeah about exactly family. it doesn't really get you to care about that it's it's more interested in being like a procedural like i mentioned earlier yeah and i think and i think it does sacrifice uh some of that for kind of what james wan wanted to do <laughs> gore wise and like just horror wise i honestly feel like he was just itching to make another rated r movie since it had been a while <laughs> i mean I, who can blame them this this thing does look pretty great um but like take like the opening um not the opening opening the like the introduction <laughs> of our main character yeah yeah um like, I feel like I, I should care about the mm-hmm. baby i feel like i should care about their relationship and like i want to care about like i i was actually genuinely interested and surprised and wanting to see more of the relationship not even i'm fine that he died uh her abusive husband but like because they did it in a way that actually makes him like you you actually get invested in him as a character whereas most movies would have like some just abusive crappy relationship (laughs) like i just watched the boy and they would just be the worst of the worst (laughs) and that's it but like i actually really like the fact that like he's trying to get over he feels genuinely really terrible about it he's trying to give up alcohol he's doing all these things and i'm like yeah i want to see their relationship grow i want to see this happen one scene later literally he's in one scene he dies yeah um and i feel like just that initial moment of getting horror instead of really giving time for the characters to sit at all kind of gives the tone for the movie of how it actually cares about its family themes yeah i was about to say take something like insidious where a lot of the time we actually do get to know our main character but it's just not a very interesting main character so it's very boring <laughs> yeah that's the problem but um, insidious actually takes its time exactly. with its family but yeah. its family is just the most boring thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I wish we had something like that for this, because, like, yeah, the horror is a lot of fun in this, um, the action's a lot of fun in this, but, like, I do wish... that That's really, honestly, the only thing holding this back from being, like, fantastic. Yeah, so, like, take take the end of this movie. Um, like, I, I like to think that the main thing that snaps Madison out of, like, uh, Gabe's control... I'm just going to call him Gabe. He's canon Gabe now. Um, is Sydney saying that he was leeching off of her babies, and that's what's caused her to have three miscarriages. Yeah. But, like, I barely remembered that, because although it feels like it should be such a big driving motivation for Madison, like, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason she stayed in the relationship with the one guy, and, and almost, like, that's her driving force as a person. Yeah. Um... I don't like it just doesn't give you any time to care she yeah. loses the baby instantly in the beginning um 
and you don't see anything from before, she gets over it pretty fast because she has other things to worry about with murder. <laughs> yeah. No, I do wish that that's honestly a, a good, like, point to make about this movie. I just wish it would slow down and let us get to know the actual thing we're supposed to care about for the movie before it just, like, gets right into it, which usually I'm like... If a movie's too slow in its first act, if it's, like, not actively setting stuff up, then obviously it, it needs to uh, yeah, move no, on. I'll, I'll commend this movie because yeah. it still is really fun and its pacing yeah. is, like, it goes. Yeah. It, it's two hours long and you're never bored. Even on a rewatch, I wasn't bored. Um, but it, at the same time, it really does feel like it could have maybe cut back on some things. Yeah, it feels it feels more. more hollow than it should. Yeah. Especially at the end. Um but anyway, I've got a, I've got another question. Go uh, for it. What is your favorite scenery sequence? <laughs> Cuz um, I was thinking about this one this morning. <laughs> I really like um which one am I thinking of? One of one of the Gabe scenes. I don't remember which one. <laughs> one of the Gabe scenes. <laughs> Um, I actually really like the, um, third kill a lot for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. (laughs) Silence your phone. That's the computer. That was the computer. We're recording on the computer. But, um. Yes, the third, the third. The bath, the bathtub man. Yes, yes. I don't know why that, the filmmaking in that scene is a lot of fun. Um, that's some of my favorite Gabe action is in that scene. Yeah, I think, I think that's, like, when the filmmaking peaks for slow kill Gabe. Yeah. Like, for him actually being creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that anyway. That, if I were to, like, save one scene from this movie, it'd probably be that. Because you get, like, you get, like, the fun, uh, horror action, but you also get a lot of the more slow stuff. Like, I was originally gonna say, like, uh breaking out of jail or whatever but like that is a fun sequence yeah it is a fun sequence but like it it doesn't hold the same it doesn't hold me the same way that like all of the previous kills do yeah honestly for me and this is gonna be a really weird part (laughs) of the movie i don't know why because i was thinking about this like this morning while we were watching it i was like what is a standout scene or sequence to me what what do I what is a scene or sequence I'm like yes I really like this <laughs> and for some reason it's a lot of that right before the third act um like Gabe investigation reveal Gabe footage investigation. the Gabe investigation <laughs> but like the like all the footage stuff and like everything that's going on like just the blend of tensions rising and the footage use oh that actually and oh, then man. right and i think of that right up until <laughs> like you know the prison scene i really love that that stretch of filmmaking no that you're you're probably right actually i i might change my answer to that that <laughs> that is a really good sequence like i i was just like yeah see i yeah i was about to say if it didn't elaborate more on the characters i wish it leaned more into like that stuff yeah right like because because at the end of the day this movie is very choppy feeling and not in some way that stands out too much unless you're looking for it specifically but like it's doing like three different things and i know that's kind of what james one was going for if you hear him talk about the movie and like some of the little interview stuff he really wanted he's like this movie is on a very like big scale he's like it's my most ambitious movie yeah um and i was like okay that's fine but it is it is very weirdly balanced between like weird like medical recordings (laughs) and hospital stuff to like madison and baby and like gay murdering people wouldn't it be so cool if it like okay imagine like it takes place all from the sister's perspective but she's like she has to like investigate for the entire time wouldn't that be cool yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like, it actually, would be cooler as a video game, like a Resident Evil game. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we should, like so. So we made that joke at the beginning, but we made that joke while we were watching the movie because this game, in literally every way except for Umbrella Core, needs, needs to have caused Gabe somehow. <laughs> it would literally just be Resident Evil. It could just be a Resident Evil movie. Yeah, <laughs> like like literally slap slap the umbrella court logo on one thing and it becomes a resident evil movie. man i love the i love the design for gabe 
It really is. It's a, such a cool a, design. A really cool, kind of creepy design. I, I really am a big fan. And it's, yeah, and that's what I actually like about this movie, allowing itself to be kind of like medical-y. Like, I honestly mm-hmm. really love that stuff. Like I said, I yeah. love the opening credits. Um, but like in that whole sequence I just was saying with the thing when they show all of like the procedural stuff of like the removing and pushback of Gabe and everything and I'm like yeah this is really creepy <laughs> yeah I was about to say like that's that's the movie at its most unnerving is during all of the investigation stuff yeah which, which I wish I wish we got to see more of like, yeah so so with cool. your with your point of like the sister investigating yeah you could get like I would love this if it was like <laughs> A Fincher kind of vibe movie. <laughs> Fincher. Fincher. Bear, bear with me. Fincher malignant. A Fincher kind of vibe movie where it's much more focused on being creepy through an investigation of this stuff. It doesn't really work from presenting Madison as a main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even then, if you did as uh, Sydney, you'd have to rework a lot of stuff about oh, the story. Oh, yeah, no, I was about it to just, say. It just wouldn't work. But yeah, no. at the same time, where this movie shines is a lot of the investigation stuff. Uh, like, the moment... like, and, and it seems to know this, because one of the first things it introduces, like, scene three, is the police and the, mm-hmm. and the duo of them and, like, their investigation. Yeah. And, like... Well, it, it's because that's a major part of what keeps the plot moving. And, like, it would be really cool, in my opinion, if they had something like... Um, like the synopsis or not the synopsis the summary or description or whatever actually (laughs) kind of hints to where i kind of wish it was more like slow bernie and the fact that she's having these visions and then slowly she uses her connection with the police through the opening to like figure out that they are actually happening not immediately be like yo this is what's happening this is happening and then they're like okay okay (laughs) let's go check it out like it could be like something very mysterious, mysterious. Whereas I feel like this movie, as much as it wants to be, <laughs> does not stay mysterious to no, me at all. Not really. And especially on a rewatch, you lose any air of mystery that you had because the only real mystery was like, what is Gabe actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's interesting to note. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of an odd movie in a lot of ways. No, it really is. and Especially as a horror movie. And, like, when you watch it, um, it's just fun. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a fun movie. There's nothing, again, like I said in the beginning, there's nothing inherently wrong, like, majorly with the movie. There are a lot of problems, small here and there, that kind of build up and make it something that, on a rewatch, I was honestly considering lowering it to three and a half, but it's still just a really fun movie. The score is really bad, though. <laughs> the score is really bad. The score is, like, actively bad. Let's talk about that. Right, we go. <laughs> uh, basically, whenever... I, I mentioned this while we were watching it. Basically, whenever the score kicks in in the movie, it's usually at, like, an intense or em- em- emotional moment, you know? And it's, you like, like a score usually is. Like, that's pretty part for the course. Yeah. But the the score is just they they do kind of grandiose but it does not fit the vibe yeah, I was about of the to say, movie they at do all. like a really weird bubbly score like in a sense that it's very almost 80s in vibe but yet oh, it nothing is. in this movie <laughs> relates to that at all I don't, yeah i was about to say it's another synth like horror score but it sounds way too like rock and roll to be a horror movie it's weird i don't like it so like a couple instances of like synth horror scores working really well or like take like the thing most of that is synth Mm -hmm. and strings and it is honestly one of the best horror scores i can think of yeah even just listening to the songs they're super like whoa i mean heck even uh Gretel and Hansel. Was, one of my, was, one of, I was about to say one of example. my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies is worse than this. I consider yeah. it to be worse, but um, part of what makes it so much fun to watch is just the way its score builds its atmosphere yeah, into and, something like tangible. And I was going to use that as an example yeah. of another movie that doesn't especially feel like a synthy score is warranted, mm-hmm. but yet it uses it really well. Exactly. Yeah. Like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> is like a weird like retelling of a kinda, fairy tale goofy. it's goofy it's creepy <laughs> it takes place in the woods like and yet we have like this synthy score and it works yeah yeah 
but not not here. I was about to say, like I said, it's it's a little too rock and roll. Which, if you've heard the score, I think you'll know what I mean. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's an odd like like that's honestly, which is weird. It's weird me saying this. That's honestly one of my least favorite parts of this movie. It's one of the biggest problems I have with it is that its score just makes it just rips you out of the movie whenever. Yeah, it comes to and it. I, and I don't want to pin it all on James Wan because I've been saying no, like no. James Wan, but like I feel like a lot of this is just very stylistic for James Wan. Like I feel like this isn't unusual for him <laughs> to do. He really, from what I've seen of it's his It's very movies, similar to Insidious in a lot of ways. Like from what I've seen, he really likes going big. He wants it to be like a spectacle. He wants like loud music. He wants lots of gore. <laughs> he wants cool filmmaking tricks. He wants it to be as fun as he can make it. Yeah, and which he succeeds uh, a lot more in this than he does in Insidious. Yeah, I think it's Insidious screenplay is holding it back. I don't oh, even think is, the direction definitely. or anything. I was is about bad to say I, I absolutely love the direction and like all of the horror elements in Insidious. I think it's really fun, but like <laughs> tiptoe. Yeah, exactly. I love I love the tiptoe through the tulip scenes, both of them. Um, uh. But like. It's screenplay. It's characters are just so paper thin. It's so hard to yeah. Watch you don't you don't really times. care about any yeah. of the characters, and then that stupid ending of the movie. I like the ending. The it's ending kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. The like, ending. Uh, I sucks. like this. Okay, we're, we're talking about Insidious again. <laughs> but no, I really do think it's a it's a very stylistic choice, and and I don't think it inherently has to. Um, like sacrifice quality for that stylistic choice but I just think in the specific story he was going for here he did a lot of things that make it more poppy than inherently good (laughs) I was about to say we we talked over the movie for a good portion of our second viewing just because it's just as you get just as much out of it like talking over it which really shouldn't be given how emotional a lot of the story is for the main character yeah and i mean we we talk over horror a lot because that's that's a very i don't know there's something about horror movies that is a very like get together with your friends talk over and joke while you watch people die kind of movies. yeah i was about to say there's and something fun. fun about that yeah and i think james i think mal- malignant, malignant yes yeah. malignant definitely falls into that category I'd, I'd get together and watch this with a bunch of friends it would be a lot of fun yeah um because again this movie is just good enough that it's really enjoyable mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of good elements and a lot of good ideas. Gabriel's creepy. The reveal is cool. It just needs it needs a solid foundation is really what it needs to ele- to elevate it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's just nothing at its base to really get you interested. I was about to say you don't get personally invested. I didn't get personally invested anyway. Um it just needs it needs something more concrete than what it has to build off of. My best my best non horror example. Well, I guess you could consider it horror, but still, it's my best non horror example that I use <laughs> when talking about movies like this. And even we just watched scary stories to tell in the dark, and I use that as a comparison <laughs> with it too. But that kind of Cloverfield paradox kind of feeling, <laughs> where it's much more interested in being goofy and kind of creepy and more horror-y and just being a spectacle of a film because if you've seen the cloverfield paradox it's try it's trying its darndest to be a fun film to watch it's trying so hard and it fails so um and cloverfield paradox works as one of those movies i've done it watch it with some friends and just joke whenever somebody dies it's so boring man Um, if you if you try and sit down and watch cloverfield paradox alone you're gonna fall asleep (laughs) and and i think this is a step up from scary stories to tell in the dark from hansel and gretel from cloverfield paradox this is a step up from all of those it has more elements that actually work it's got a good story structure it's got pretty decent pacing yeah it's got interesting character ideas it sucks that i get more invested in the backstory than i do in in what's actually happening right no like i said the most interesting parts a lot of times are all of those videos Mm -hmm. and all the stuff and i think that's mainly because it's the only thing that can connect to you emotionally while you're watching you don't really have 
any investment into Madison as a person, or at least I don't. I did. Yeah, I was about I, to say, I never really got that connected to her. I really wouldn't have cared if when um, policeman comes in at the end... They shot her, yeah. They just shot her a bunch of times, because yeah. she gets shot, like, once, and Sydney's like, no, no. it's hurting her. <laughs> and then he gets, like, stabbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's how little... Like, I liked Sydney... I liked the police, like, like yeah, those were the three mm-hmm. characters I liked the most, exactly. the police duo in Sydney, mm-hmm. whereas Madison, there's not much that's likable about her character because they don't give time. She's mm-hmm. just always in fear, like, watching these things, trying to be convinced that she's not crazy. Yeah, I mean, she's supposed to be, like, kind of the what we view the movie through, which should be, like, in my opinion, the main character should have some sort of emotional anchor to help draw you in more. Um, but like, she's really just serving the function of us watching the narrative and being a plot device for the villain of the movie. Quote yeah. unquote. And at the end of the day, almost all the characters just kind of feel like they're there just for plot. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of the characters in a lot of movies I watch and a lot of my favorite movies. And, and I think it's one of the elements that makes them some of my favorite movies. When I watch a character, I'm like, yes, this is like the world and the characters work so well. Um, like like Miyazaki said that one time. As, as Miyazaki uh, Like the, it should feel like your characters and your world have been there before and will continue to be there after. Yeah, I was about to say, exists. I have absolutely no clue what Madison was going to do with her life after after this movie's over. And in a lot of movies, even <laughs> even take another horror example, um, take the, the Invisible Man, the newer one. Yeah, um, Lee Winnell, baby. They do a really good job with the characters. I don't even... I hate the plot of the movie but they do a really good job you just don't like gaslight i hate gaslight plots (laughs) which i do commend this movie for not doing anything gaslighty which it had numerous numerous opportunities to do (laughs) um but like i care about the characters in invisible man i care about what where these characters were before i see the end of the movie and i can imagine where the characters are going to be after it works as a movie, even though I would say they're on pretty close, like quality-wise. Yeah, I, I rated them say, the same. I like the I like both of them for very different reasons. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, The Invisible Man, good movie. Some Indeed. might even say a great movie. I just kind of hate the story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Micah. Mike is like, I love this family. Why must they alienate the main character now? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Just be happy together. Just be happy. <laughs> Just go watch Patterson. Just be happy. Please become happy. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. need, I need more movies with less conflict. <laughs> Micah, Micah just wants meditative movies with no conflict and, and happy characters. That is accurate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. That's why I'm watching Terrence Malick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, do you have any other questions? Uh, anything to add? Um, I mean, I've already covered the two main problems I really have with it, like I said. But like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But do you have any I, I don't. Questions? I don't know that I have another question about it, is what I was going to say. <laughs> um... I was trying to think of something, because I feel like there is something else that we haven't talked about that I wanted to. Well, what is it, Michael? <laughs> well, if I knew, I would say Well, it. here, what did, you, what did you think about the actual, like, brass tacks filmmaking of it? Like The filmmaking, I thought, was, was actually pretty fun. Like, I thought it was really... They, they went through a lot to get the production to look good. Um, I loved... And I didn't know if they actually were open ceiling, <laughs> but again, we watched a little, like short thing with uh, James Wan and like they actually have these sets they have a bunch of open roof sets and I love what these open roof sets allow them to do practically because it just looks mm-hmm. it looks really good when they're doing filmmaking like, yeah. when they're doing camera movements and all in all comparatively to like Aquaman and Insidious <laughs> I think the filmmaking alone even even though it's it's similar to Insidious is stepped up quite a bit both in like lighting direction like just the energy of the movie is there in I its love, filmmaking I love just how similar it feels to Insidious though <laughs> though I will say I did I did actually want to comment this like I wanted to talk about this even though I didn't so uh, this is a very gory movie it's oh very yes, bloody very gory 
um one of the most gory movies i've seen then again i haven't seen too many horror yeah i was about to say (laughs) but um like there's something about the gore in this movie a it looks uh, the cgi is shaky sometimes yeah but there's something about the gore in this movie we just watched um battle royale for the first time (laughs) great movie and all of the gore in that movie again another extremely gory very gory movie yes all of the gore in that movie is done practically and even though it doesn't always look the most real no (laughs) i think it honestly does a really good job of getting you to feel like it's an actual threat Mm -hmm. um you feel very personal every time somebody gets killed and there's a lot of i was about to say battle royale does a great job at mass like a character work on a like grand grand scale (laughs) and actually making the the actual filmmaking of it does a really good job of actually bringing you closer to the characters even if you've only known them for like two scenes whereas gore in this movie and the way the characters are done i feel like it's all very spectacle-y feeling like it's an excess of weird kind of gore that doesn't make me feel scared it just makes me kind of like made me a little queasy chuckle. <laughs> made me a little queasy there on the first viewing i was like Ooh. no i did i didn't no i didn't get any queasy feelings from I it at all i just i, I kind of made me laugh um <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me no joke i thought of this on the second watch back in the day me and robbie used to watch a lot of Rhett and link hey that was back when they were good and they too. had this sketch um where they were like surviving in the wild or something i don't remember specifically what happens but the snake attacks and he takes a knife <laughs> and he just starts stabbing it off screen and there's just like so much blood like just an excess of blood such a funny joke and it looked exactly like that yeah <laughs> i mean i made a comparison to the boys and it really does look a lot like it yeah, it, it, very TV show esque gore, which Rabbi. I mean, he this, made that comment. This whole movie looks like a TV show, in a lot of ways. It looks like a, yeah, it looks like a good looking TV show, but it does always mm-hmm. have that kind of filmmaking feel of a TV show. No, I was gonna mention a lot of people's, uh, pro, like they mention in their negative reviews of the negative reviews I've read for this, they mention that it just feels kind of like a high budget TV special, not a actual movie (laughs) yeah i I could see that it does give a lot of especially on a filmmaking level almost tv show vibes Mm -hmm. with it which is very weird yeah it's very odd like because it's because it's a it's a movie definitely dedicated to spectacle and having fun but the fact that that comes off as almost tv show-esque in its execution (laughs) yeah is is interesting yeah, no, it's just something to note. I don't think it's really at fault for that. No, like I don't James think it's, Wan's, I don't think it's a problem. James Wan's direction is very reminiscent of modern TV in a lot of ways, like horror TV anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. His sensibilities just seem to lean more towards like this kind of spacey feel, almost where you where you just don't feel as close to the action. I think I think I'd describe it as like popcorn horror. Yeah, well, it's interesting because in TV, the way they shoot things is usually in a bunch of like medium shots and stuff just because they can get a lot of coverage very easily. Um, And the way that James Wan shoots this movie is in a lot of medium shots. (laughs) So it all it all feels like until it breaks out into like wider stuff or any of its action sequences it all feels very kind of locked down like a tv show would and even on a even on a lighting and production design, yeah. like like side of things on the actual stuff there itself it almost it, it feels very high budget yeah. like hbo original series i was about series, to say it just feels like prestige uh, television tv yeah um which is very interesting and i don't yeah. think it's inherently a bad no, it's thing it's not a bad thing but yeah i, I think, I think the lot. best way i would i would personally describe that is like popcorn horror <laughs> it's not horror that actually makes me personally feel anything it hmm. doesn't get me and and it didn't it didn't get me thrilled at all i wasn't i was about to say the surprised. scariest the scariest I was... or most invested i am throughout this entire movie is during the research stuff yeah i wasn't i was hardly grossed out even Mm -hmm. like there's just very little that actually is what i want in a quote-unquote horror movie but i feel like that's very modern horror that is the popcorn horror experience yeah gore some jump scares a premise and it's and it's all a good spectacle 
but it doesn't actually affect me in any way. And I, I was think about that's to say what I run into in most horror. This movies. movie works better as like a thriller or an action thriller kind of thing because especially that third act, it, it's literally just an action scene. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing very. There's not much horrifying about it other than the fact that he's like dismembering a bunch of people. Yeah, and and where I hate to jump back to just these because they're as old as they are, um, but like really from what i've seen the best and most effective horror for me personally has been from like the 70s era because it was when they were just breaking into actually being able to do like gore on Gory television stuff, yeah <laughs> um so like movies like the thing and suspiria and even jaws to a certain extent yeah, all use very very effective things to get me to personally feel invested on edge and enthralled every time something happens oh my gosh suspiria's climax is so good <laughs> whereas most <laughs> modern horror and and, I, and, I, and I was talking with my girlfriend about this because like her favorite genre is horror movies yeah. and most of what she watches is modern horror movies and i'm really not and she has she hasn't seen hardly any like 70s horror and i and i'm just not there for like modern horror as much as i would like to be 90s 80s and 70s is really what i've found to be the best stretch of horror yeah and that's the thing there's just not a single element like for suspiria a lot of the draw of it is kind of its atmosphere not even so much as characters necessarily um and jaws you get some great character work which gets you invested in what's happening um, but for Malignant, there's just not much that's actually drawing you in to actually be, like, scared. Yeah. Most of it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is a really fun, like, sequence. Like, sure. Yeah, I, I jumped a couple times. Yeah. Because they're jump scares. And I saw a lot of gore because there's a lot of gore. The hardest I jumped in this movie was when, the window. <laughs> the, when she's in the window. The window, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Why is that the best jump scare in the movie? the best jump scare in the movie. It's not even fun. <laughs> but, yeah, it feels, I think I think you described it pretty well. And I think, I think that's the yeah. last thing I'll leave it with, like, comment-wise, is I feel feel like it does in fact come off more like an action thriller despite yeah. everything about it being more quote-unquote horror yes yeah, it's, it's very much an, i think i would describe it as an action thriller that's inspired by a lot of like uh 80s and 90s like grindhouse horror movies which is interesting yeah overall a very enjoyable experience yeah still. i was about to say i feel like we've only talked about negative things about it we both enjoy it and gave, we gave it pretty high ratings yeah the the spectacle which is what i was saying it mostly focuses on is really good <laughs> yeah i was about to say we keep bringing up all the bad stuff because like the stuff that's actually good about it is really good like yeah there's just not as much to talk about with it because like a lot of the elements that would make it great are not as good as they could be. Exactly. Yeah. So there are like it's it's really fun. It's got cool stuff. It's it's yeah, just like there's hard <laughs> I don't know what to say when talking about good things about it because yeah. of how much they are like half good, but the half good piles up so much throughout exactly. every element yeah. that it turns into a pretty in my opinion pretty good pretty fun movie. Yeah. I genuinely don't know if I think it's my favorite for the year or not. I I, I can't no, I can't decide. It made if, my it made my top five. I want to pull it up. It's it's either old it's either old or this, but I'm not sure. So at the moment, my top five um, is Luca, old Doug Days, if you consider it malignant, <laughs> in the Heights, and if you don't consider Doug Days, then Mitchell's versus the Machines. You know what? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna move old back to the number one slot. So it'll be old, malignant, and then Luca, Mitchell's versus the Machines, and I don't remember what my five and, and is. Maybe maybe in the heights. No, it's not in the heights. Um, um, Robbie hates in the heights. It's not that I hate in the. Oh, it's Barb and Star. I was gonna yeah. say it's probably Barb and Star. Well, Barb and Star. <laughs> what a fun movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, good. Let's let's go into our closing thoughts real quick. Let's let's sum this all up. I thought we were cutting out that segment. What I, you were the, you said last week that we weren't cutting it out. No, you're like, I said the movie. No, I said I said we shouldn't because we had already built to this point. <laughs> if you wanted to make that executive decision, we could cut it out. All right, we'll we'll cut it out then. Because we because we did we do build that. to a natural conclusion. That's what I'm saying. Like the conversation usually builds to a natural conclusion. So there we go. There's Very, no clo there's no closing thoughts. We're, you, we're cutting it. 
it's gone go away <laughs> we would literally just say the exact same things we've been saying for the past 40 minutes but yes. summarized and then we'd remind you of the rating which mine was four stars uh, mine was also four stars out of five very very close to hitting a three and a half on a rewatch though um yeah i gave it four and a half. i was i was so i was so conflicted on whether or not i wanted to give it a four and a half or a four but on a second watch i was like a lot of the problems stuck out to me a bit more especially the kind of not having much of an emotional stake yeah, in any of it. That's why I wanted to rewatch um, it, was because I knew that would probably happen with the way the movie is written. Yeah, I was about to say, I wasn't quite as captured as I was with it on a second watch, so I ended up lowering it to a four. I gave it, I did end up giving it a four and a half on my first watch, but I lowered it to a four afterwards, so. But yeah, good movie. Um, I guess now that we're done talking about Malignant, we can get into the other stuff we watched over the past the week. The What We Watched segment. The Whoa. Recently Logged segment. The stuff we've recently logged. My Whoa. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know how this segment works, uh, we just briefly talk over everything we've recently logged on Letterboxd. We which just is explained a, it. <laughs> which is a film logging. Well, yeah, but I was going to explain the... I was going to explain the actual... Okay, okay. Science of it. Wow. <laughs> uh, which is a social media thing where you can review and log movies. Yes. Uh, you can go follow us on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Micah Games underscore things and Robbie's. Robbie Grayway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going from the sixth, which was when our last episode came out, Nasuka of the Valley of the Wind. <laughs> and we're just going to give a little brief something something. And yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> So on the 7th, I watched uh, The Last Stand, which is a short film. I wouldn't normally mention it. Wouldn't uh, normally mention it. One, one of our Twitter friends made it. Uh, a Twitter friend? He's actually been on my, he's been on my YouTube channel, too. Yeah. Uh, but Yossi Sloan's uh, The Last Stand. Good film. You can find it on YouTube. I did some design work for you it. You can log it on Letterboxd. We might have talked about it last week. I think we did. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Ruby did some graphic design work for it. Um, yes, indeed, baby. And I actually <laughs> really, really liked it. There you I go. Just, I, I thought it was actually really good. Mike is like, who would have thought that uh, one of my friends actually made a good film? <laughs> Pretty crazy. <laughs> what about you, Ruby? What did you watch next? Uh, on the 8th, I watched uh, Dick Johnson is Dead for the first time, which is a documentary about uh, Dick Johnson, if you can even <laughs> believe it. Um really great uh one one of my favorite documentaries i've ever watched it does a it does a really good job weaving its narrative um i i don't know it's i mean it's a good documentary <laughs> what do you want from me would you, would you read it for me the actual the actual filming stuff like the stuff they actually produced for it is also very interesting and it, the way they incorporate it into the narrative of the actual footage is interesting as well um i gave it a four out of five Nice, nice. Very nice. Uh, then on the 9th, which, I mean, technically it was just later that night, <laughs> yeah. we watched Battle Royale for the first time. Oh, um, yes, indeed. The 2000 Battle Royale. Battle uh, Royale, baby. The one that preceded... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, it was it was really good. I didn't I didn't know fully what to expect. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, I knew there was gonna be a, like I knew it was gonna be a gore fest. That's that's all I knew about it, and it was. But it was also pretty darn well made. Like Ooh. the character stuff was really good. The yeah, plot we was really good. Kind of talked about it. Earlier, we talked about bit. it a little bit. Mentioned dur it. during during the meet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I very much enjoyed it, and I gave it four and a half stars. I also gave it a four and a half star rating because I thought it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> then the next day, we watched Mad Max Fury Road for the first time. Um, yes. Very first time. If ver you can even first time. It. It's been uh, six years since it came out. It's been six years. And, oh we, and we just watched it. I can't believe it's been six years. I remember when this <laughs> yeah, thing came out. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember when this came out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, we had never seen a Mad Max movie. Uh, we have seen some George Miller movies, like Happy Feet. Like Happy Feet. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I very much liked Mad Max. Uh, yeah, Fury Road. I, I said in my review, it's about time that Mission Impossible Fallout got some competition for the best action movie I've ever seen. I did not give it five stars. I gave it four and a half. Not all of the five. elements worked for me, I but I, five stars. I feel like they would on a rewatch. I just really want to rewatch like a, he's, He wants to die historic on the he Fury Road. He wants to Road. die historic on the Fury Road. <laughs> it's, it's, such, it's such a good screenplay. I really just such, want to rewatch. Such good action. Such, it is. It, the it's film, it's the so filmmaking, good. The filmmaking is 
another one of those movies that I would call almost perfect. In I, I think it is almost. I think it's just about a perfect movie, honestly. Uh, then on the tenth, Mad Max Fury Road, very good. <laughs> well, <laughs> on the tenth, on yeah. the tenth, we watched our first uh, Bong Joon Ho movie. Very yes, with the host. The host. Believe it or not, we have not yet seen Parasite. More like Bong Joon host. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, I did not know what to expect. Again, I had never seen a Bong Joon Ho movie. Uh, yes, I had heard that most of his stuff is pretty darn good, and yeah. uh, I had I, I know some people who like this movie quite a bit this was pretty darn good and, and i liked I re- it quite re- a bit <laughs> i really liked it i thought it was really fun one of the most like interesting actual monster movies i've ever seen um yeah it did a really good job of balancing its comedy and its serious stuff um the cast is great like i don't know i no no complaints about that yeah host. it's got a it's got a really fine-tuned screenplay and the way they make the stakes very personal is really really nice thing in a monster movie. <laughs> I think the only thing that didn't work and the only reason I didn't give it a five was that some of the pacing in the second act was not my favorite. Yeah. But I gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, I also gave it a four and a half. Very good. Very good film. <laughs> <laughs> then on the tenth, uh, as as well, <laughs> as well, I guess that was the night, though. We watched... Yeah, we watched... No, the we watched this. And like, or, well, yeah, we watched so the host was, at night. It was the tenth. I was about to say, dude, we watched this next thing in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> but then we watched John Mulaney's New in Town. Uh, yeah. It's a comedy special. It's a comedy, a stand-up special, Micah, if you can even believe it. I, I'm, a, I'm a big John Mulaney <laughs> fan. Big, big John Mulaney. <laughs> He's probably my favorite comedian, shocker. There you <laughs> go, Micah. And, I don't know, I really, really loved New in Town. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I also liked it. This is the first that I, this is, yeah, this is the first thing from John Mulaney that I've watched outside of Sack Lunch Bunch. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I laughed through the whole thing. Um, it's a good stand, it's a good stand up set. Yeah, like no, it's a really good stand up set. It's very quotable. It is very quotable. Um, I've, I've referenced it many times. It's, it's just really good. Yeah. (laughs) I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a five out of five. Whoa. (laughs) Then on the the tenth as well, um, I watched The Boy. Brahms the Boy. Not Brahms the Boy. But his name is Brahms. But his name is Brahms. (laughs) This was a rewatch of The Boy. I had watched it once. This was while I was over at my girlfriend's house, and she wanted to turn it on. You always watch the craziest thing. (laughs) We do, don't we? This is kind of a trash movie. I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. There's some fun elements, but it's so goofy and so not scary. I kind of, like, it's kind of, I have a certain love for movies like this. Not that I want to watch them again, but just that I love laughing at them. And Brahms, the boy. I love Brahms, Mike. It works, works for that. I gave it two and a half stars. I gave it a three, but I didn't watch it this time. Um, then I, while he was watching that, I watched, um, this lovely little film called A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. Cuckoo. Which is a Swedish film, for those who couldn't get <laughs> I don't know how you would guess that it's Swedish. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a Swedish comedy, kind of surrealist, uh, it, it, it's, it's really good. Like, amazingly good. Um, I definitely recommend it if you have um, access to it, which it's on like a bunch of free services right now. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime, so I didn't watch it with ads or anything, but definitely I- I'm going to have to get Micah to watch this because it was <laughs> it was amazing. Really good stuff. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's It's almost like a spiritual experience. I get the same feeling watching it. It's like as I get like watching a Terrence Malick movie or something. <laughs> well, there you go. It's good stuff, but it, it's it's in no way stylistically similar to Terrence Malick. He's <laughs> just saying all sorts of things here. Wow. Then on the eleventh, we watched uh, the Phantom of the Megaplex, a Disney yes. Channel original. I but went, like, <laughs> I went from pigeons sitting on a branch reflecting on existence to Phantom of the Remy, Megaplex. This this movie came out the same year as Battle Royale. <laughs> Nice. You can uh, tell. <laughs> um, it was actually pretty fun. It's yeah. still a Disney Channel movie, but like, it was doing some decent things filmmaking wise. Yeah. It was just a goofy movie. Micah, it's a movie about the movies. 
it actually has decent pacing, which is yeah. all you really need for me to slap a three star. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I gave it three stars. I also gave it three stars. That that the the uh, movie magic monologue, Mike of the, the movie, Triple M. The movie magic monologue. That is cinema. <laughs> then we watched real cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Actual cinema. Also known as Willard. Willard, baby. Um the seventies Willard. Yeah, nineteen seventy one. Seventies horror right here, baby. <laughs> this is the, the peak of seventies horror. <laughs> Um, uh, it certainly was a movie. Willard is... We actually... I heard about Willard from my grandma. She said, you want to know a really bad horror movie? <laughs> and then she brought up Willard. She claims it to be one of the worst movies she's ever seen. It's actually pretty solid. It was fun. I'll I had, take it. Like, it wasn't a horror movie. <laughs> no. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> the rats were cute. The I, rats were surprisingly cute. I like. I liked Ben. He was cool. I want to watch the sequel, which there is an actual sequel that's just about ben and i need that there's a genuine the the final shot in this is genuinely great no genuinely the final cinema. shot is amazing like the, there are a lot of fun elements of this yeah. the screenplay is pretty not great yeah uh so it just ends up being kind of an okay experience yeah it's but, just kind of eh, yeah whatever. but there are a lot that of happened, a lot of fun things like multiple scenes where somebody behind the scenes had to just be <laughs> chucking rats at people oh my gosh yeah it's it's a lot it's i I don't know how I would describe it. It it feels like an afternoon movie somehow. Yeah, I could feel that. <laughs> it's very just. It it just kind of is there. It just exists, and you get to watch. I it's also weird. gave it three stars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then we watched *Malignant*. Yeah. First um, first watch of *Malignant*. Then uh, we watched the short film. 20 something 20 something the spark shorts pixar spark shorts uh 20 something the newest one um you know it, it was fine it was a fine that's, that's how i feel about most spark it was shorts. A, it was a fine short film it had a very relatable topic obviously i was like obviously i'm almost 20 something <laughs> yikes um but um, yeah i mean it it's got a it's got a much cooler premise than in the actual like short is um yeah i would i would tend to agree with that it's a cool premise i wasn't a big fan of it actually yeah i wasn't a huge fan of the execution of it but you know it was it was fine it was pretty good i would say i would definitely recommend you watch it do it then, go, go watch it right now then <laughs> just to just to really keep Spice the cinema keep the cinema rolling <laughs> keep the 2021 pictures popping in i watched Yikes. the new Amazon original. Amazon original. 2021. <laughs> oh no. Cinderella. And I had heard nothing but bad things about Cinderella. I can't imagine why. And it turns out they were all true. <laughs> Yikes. I, I really was trying to be optimistic because I really do occasionally <laughs> enjoy just really trash movies. Um, but there are like almost zero redeeming elements of this movie. <laughs> From a filmmaking standpoint, from a music standpoint, from a story standpoint, there's yet nothing going here. In fact, you have more things going against it than a like just base going for it. And it's a jukebox musical, which Ugh. I didn't know. And A, I, I don't like jukebox musicals to begin with. But B, they took a Queen song and butchered it. And they, just, just putting a Queen song in this movie in general you're already on my bad side <laughs> wow and then you ruin it you don't like queen songs in movies uh, no i uh, just this movie oh, using okay. a queen song <laughs> the fact that james corden and queen were on the screen right james, james corden made made it made a penis joke yeah. <laughs> it was it was the worst thing i had seen in a while and, and I you've gave, seen and you've seen um, Monster Hunters or whatever. Recently. Yeah, I saw Monster Hunters. <laughs> I, I would put this on a pretty similar level. Double feature it. Double feature Monster Hunters <laughs> and Cinderella. It's two hours long of just nothing good, mostly bad. I gave it a half star. I watched like a grand total of like seven scenes from it. I I like popped in and out as I was working on stuff. Um, it 
it is genuinely like bafflingly bad. I described it in my <laughs> review as as the perfect culmination of every modern musical boiled down to its worst, <laughs> featuring James Corden. <laughs> I swear, I I described it as a like a TikTok musical, and I I will stand by that, even yeah. though I didn't watch the whole thing. It, it, no, it does. It feels. He said it feels more like a TikTok musical than the actual Ratatouille TikTok musical, and he's right. That at least had like original songs and like some creative ideas i was about to say this just seems like they literally took the cinderella screenplay and then we're like bro what if we made like a woke joke right here (laughs) no the entire the entire movie can be summarized by the top review on letterboxd which is well i I think we've done it i think we've girl bossed too close to the sun (laughs) yeah yeah no not good movie needed Um, to rewatch fury road just to get like good female characters back in my god i want to die historic on the fury road (laughs) i i will literally watch fury road until i die (laughs) it is a great movie i i didn't know if i was gonna be like one of those guys you know one of those guys rubby's yelling witness me as he whips around the corner Bro, I was doing it with shopping carts as a child, and now I'm doing it on the road. <laughs> but yeah, no, Fury Road is fantastic. Uh, Malignant Robbie's, is Robbie's going to do a Fury Road parody with shopping carts instead of cars. Um, the host was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we watched a lot of good movies. Yeah, this go week. watch Fury Road, Battle Royale. Go watch. Um, go watch. New uh, in Town. Willard. Pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence. That's a good movie as well. Just go enjoy movies. <laughs> go, go, go watch some movies. Go enjoy the beginning of fall with some movies. It's not fall yet, but it could be. G- getting ready for Over the Garden Wall. That's yeah, going to be getting, coming at you. We're getting ready episode. for Over the Garden Wall season. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode on it. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Also, one of my friends from theater keeps asking when he's going to be on. Oh, really? Yes. Wesley's already been on. No, not, not Wesley. <laughs> he's not even in theater anymore. I know. Coleman wants to be on. Oh, cool. He wants. Okay. I think he said he wanted to do Ferris Bueller. Oh, nice, nice. I do like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. like, not like that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you wow. guys next week with something new. Maybe. Something well, new. Not, not inherently a new movie, Who but knows? just something new content-wise. Something different, Micah. Like, uh, not something new. Something new. It's new. It's new it's a new to episode. You. New to us. <laughs> um, Bye. Yes, goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs>